Hello, and welcome back to Catching Up David. Today is episode number 30. 30 episodes. Wow. Good for us. Good for us. Tonight, it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hello, Kristen. Hello, David. Hello, Hallie. Greetings, David. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a 2018 computer animated superhero film the first animated film in the Spider-Man franchise. And I should note, the first Spider-Man movie that I've seen. I didn't watch any of the ones from, what's his name, Toby? Toby Maguire! Toby Maguire! Yeah, I didn't watch any of those. Okay. I didn't watch I didn't, any didn't of, didn't watch like, Andrew Garfield? The what? The what? In Andrew Garfield. I don't know who that is. Ah, oh, he's the next Spider-Man. He's the next one. Toby I didn't Maguire. watch any of those either. I... Why would I, you know who Andrew Garfield is? Like, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> this is a, a stupid question, on our yeah. part. I am actually really interested to hear how this went as your first Spider-Man movie because a lot of it relies on the audience knowing things about Spider-Man. Yeah, that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about as far as seeing it for the first time, is that I was a little bit worried. Like, as soon as the movie starts, I guess we'll just jump right into it, and then we'll backtrack. But Peter's intro is like, I'm pretty sure you know the rest. And I was like, oh, no. Is this a movie for people with knowledge of (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man? And I was really worried that it wasn't for me. But I guess it's it's not... This wasn't, like, my first introduction to Spider-Man, period. Like, as a child, I was into not quite comic books like reading the actual comics but a lot of related like marvel media and like trading cards and things like that so i knew some spider-man thing and so just remembering that from my childhood you know there there were a few things that would come up and i'd be like oh i'm sure that other people know what this means and i just don't but for the most part i was i was pretty like keyed into everything there wasn't a lot that went over my head except for probably some like inside spider-man jokes there was i looked a little bit at the imdb trivia and there's a scene where he's like doing some weird dance early on yeah and i was like i don't know what that is but trivia trivia uh filled me in that's a, that's a meme right the one where if you no. have him it's it's the dancing one from when he was in what was it like? Oh Spider-Man yeah, yeah, 3? that one. I didn't see Spider Man three. Yeah, when he da- when he does the dance on the street because from the Spider Man movie you haven't seen, that in itself has largely become a meme, but isn't as bad as people say. I've heard that about Spider Man three. Yeah. That. I'll defend it. Yeah. Not like right now. We've got we've got other we things. We got we got to, things to, discuss, to do. But like I'll do it in the future. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, there's a, a post credit scene to the movie, too, with like the Spider-Man pointing meme. Yeah, yeah. that was a meme, I've for seen sure. that. I've seen that before. Oh, thank God. On the internet. There's Spider-Man and they're pointing at each other. Yeah. Anyways, Into the Spider-Verse. That was a good guy. <laughs> Two of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It stars Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mashashala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Zoe Kravitz, John Mulaney, Kimiko Glenn, Nicolas Cage, I guess, Catherine yeah. Hahn, and Liv Schreiber. So Also, I have to say that you said Mahershala Ali's name incorrectly. Mahershala? 
Mahershala. Are you sure it's not Mahershala? At least I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's, it's Mahershala. There's an S in there. It's spelled Mahershala. I, I, I swear during award season, because he won from Moonlight, and I swear everyone was saying Mahershala Ali. I'm certainly not going to pretend like I am an expert on pronouncing people's names, because I am not. I'm Googling but... it now. There is not. There's the one S where it says Mahershala, where you would expect the S oh, to be. Oh, no, I just spelled it wrong. No, you're right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Good catch. You're right. Mahershala Ali. Sorry, Mahershala. I got your back. Yeah. I'll go ahead and spell it right right now in my in my notes. Okay. So I know Mahershala Ali. I actually do know him from True Detective Season 3, which I watched like <laughs> half of and then got bored of. But he was in that. John Mulaney, I know from his stand-up. And Nicolas Cage is, of course, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And yes. like I've I've heard the names like Lily Tomlin and Zoe Kravitz and Liv Schreiber before, but I don't know anything about them. Like I I know they're well, famous. Jake but... Johnson is Nick on New Girl. Haley okay. Steinfeld has been in quite a few things. Um, she's going to be in an upcoming Marvel movie, but she was in True Grit. Did you see that from like ten years ago or whatever? She was nominated I... for an Oscar. Very young. I've heard of I've heard of True Grit, but I never saw it. Uh, she's probably, you know, I, she's been in other things, but those are more pop culturey. So I tried to pick the one that was less pop culturey. Um, I don't know enough about the others. Catherine Hahn, she was. Did you watch? Probably not. Parks and Rec. Uh no. Well, that's useless. That's useless. Um, yeah. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. I cannot think of a single thing she's been in aside from the most recent Fantastic Beasts movie, and that is it. But she's Lenny Kravitz's daughter. I think I did know that, or I, I assumed I assumed that. And other people whose names you listed, but I have forgotten. Yeah, so that's that's the rundown of everybody in this movie. <laughs> there are a lot yeah. of them, and they do so well. All of them are so good. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Yeah. Anyways, Into the Spider-Verse. It was a critical success, winning Best Animated Feature at the Oscars, the Annie Awards, and the Golden Globes. Ooh. It was the first non-Disney Pixar film to win an Oscar for Best Animated Feature since Rango in 2011, and the first since Happy Feet won in 2006 to actually beat a Disney Pixar movie that was nominated. Oh. Good for Spider-Verse. So I love Disney, but I also love stories of when it gets beaten at the Oscars, because... <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, and, like, there are, there are, there's more animation than just Disney. Yeah. Like Into the Spider-Verse. Like Into the Spider-Verse. Bringing it back. A success at the box office, grossing over $375 million worldwide off of its $90 million budget. And apparently, there's going to be a sequel in 2022. So if you like this one, there's something to look forward to. In case it's been a while since you've seen it, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the story of Miles Morales, a teenager from Brooklyn who's having trouble adjusting to his fancy new boarding school, as well as living up to the expectations of his strict but loving police officer father. When his uncle takes him down to the subway to paint some graffiti, Miles is bitten by a radioactive spider and gains superpowers he has trouble controlling, including sticking to everything, turning invisible, and shocking stuff with electricity. 
After returning to the subway to find the spider, Miles discovers a super collider built by Kingpin and Doc Ock and meets Spider-Man, who entrusts Miles to destroy the machine shortly before being killed. However, the super collider has opened a gateway between alternate universes that sucks several other spider people and one spider pig into Miles' dimension. The spider gang teams up to stop Kingpin's nefarious yet tragic plans to reunite with his family while also trying to get back to their own universes. The theory of relativity, a giant cartoon hammer, and some hard-boiled turtle slappers into the Spider-Verse. So, what in the world is a hard-boiled turtle slapper? It's is that what? something that Spider-Noir says? Yeah, it is. It's something that yeah. the Superman Noir says. He gets the best lines. He does. And in the personality quiz... I got the best Spider-Man, who is Superman Noir. Or Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> not Superman. Oh, you got Spider-Noir? I got Spider-Noir. Balls. I got the actual best one. I got Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen is pretty great. Spider-Gwen yeah, is the best, and I got her. Unlike with the last result of your personality quiz, I do agree with this one. I would give you Spider-Gwen. If That's only because, because I'm amazing and she's amazing. I mean, I feel like you'd have the musical aesthetic, except that yours would be less cool rock and more Taylor Swift. <laughs> I did also play the clarinet for four years, so let's not leave that out. We can't leave out the clarinet. Who would <laughs> ever think never. to leave out the clarinet the, the from their co- personal history? <laughs> the coolest of the band instruments. Obviously. No, I played the coolest of the band instruments, out? which is the trombone. Didn't you play like? Oh, I was gonna say trumpet. Nah, trombone's like. Trom- it's, trombone it's is like pretty cool. Much- it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's no saxophone. Saxophone is pretty. I mean, like, you could, <laughs> you can like do things with a saxophone. Tr- trombone, you're not. You're a little bit more limited in the. Uh, <laughs> the musical the application. <laughs> you don't get it. Like, you can play ska, like, if you wanted to be a cool trombone player. But, like, there's so much you can do with a saxophone. Anyway. Allie, who did you get? I got Miles Morales. You got Miles? I got Miles! I'm just a good bean. That's essentially what the result was like. It was like, you're, you're smart and, like, awkward, but people like you. And I was like, cool. You are I'm one okay of with those that. things. I am many things, and the Miles Morales biography does not hope to begin to encompass all the but spider of the three parts it listed, that are me. You are one. I don't like take back spider parts. I didn't like that. Well, I said it, and I stand mm. by it. All the spider <laughs> it, it parts creates the illusion that like your arm is either just a spider arm or an arm comprised of many spiders take your pick i'm good with either i am not and i refuse proceed my my quiz said that i am quote dark and twisted in all the best ways so (laughs) i don't know what that means but i am i am spider noir let's see mine said Witty, amazing under pressure, and is the most loyal friend you'll ever have. But she doesn't do friends. I know. So I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, this was not... I should note that this was, like, not the best quiz that we've taken. I think there are are probably better 
into the Spider-Verse personality quizzes out there. I only looked at a couple of them, and this was the shortest of them. <laughs> the other one I the other one I took was like very long, and a lot of the answers sort of were the same. So like they give fun. you like yeah, it would give you four options, and then like three of them would be some variation on yeah, I agree with that. And it's like, yeah. well, I don't, I don't know. So I also looked around to find one that was a little bit longer than this one, and I had the same problem as you did. So if anybody has better Into the Spider Verse quizzes, you should you should reply on the Twitter and send them to us. Absolutely, we're always looking for more personality quizzes. For, we love them for some reason. Tell me about myself because <laughs> they're fun. That's a that's a thing that we've been doing. Have either also, of you taken like any of the the more serious personality quizzes, like the Enneagram test or anything like that? I have, but oh, I yeah. never remember my thing. And I've done the Meyer Briggs one because who hasn't? And also, I don't shut up about it. Hallie and I are regrettably the same personality type. Did we go over this, David? Aren't you the same? Um, actually, type? mine. Well, we mine changed recently. Oh, are you are you not like me anymore? Thank God. No, I'm not like you anymore. I am. Uh, I don't Thank remember the God. letters, but I am now the adventurer type. I moved from advocate mm. to adventurer. Interesting. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I like, was reading it, and I was like. I don't know, I've been advocate for so long, and it's also the rarest personality type that I was like, oh no, I'm getting more basic as I age. But, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Adventure described me very, very well, so. I, re- I saw a thing on Twitter. The- oh, sorry, go ahead, David. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I recently took the, uh, the Enneagram test, because a friend took it and really wanted to know what type I was. So, I am the, the peacekeeper, the peacemaker... I'm number nine. Hmm. I've taken I that took before. It, but I cannot remember my number because I, I don't can't remember either. Something about the questions frustrated me and I don't remember why. Or maybe I got my number and thought that's not me and I just purged it from my brain. Only took it because there was a website that had the detailed personality breakdowns of many fictional characters, including those in the Ace Attorney fandom. And I wanted to see <laughs> which Ace Attorney character I matched up with, with the Enneagram test. Yeah, and I didn't like my result, so that I just promptly forgot it. <laughs> I, saw, I think it. personality quizzes are fun, because the other day I saw one thing that was like, you can tell a lot about a, a, lot about a person by their horoscope, their, oh God, what was it? Their, oh, their Hogwarts house. And their favorite member of One Direction. And I just thought it was interesting because I did not see a single response that matched up with all three of mine. Hmm. It's just fun. How little things like that. You're like, surely there's someone. No, there's not. We're all unique. Especially me because I have the rarest personality. No, you moved from that to a different kind. No, but then I took it again. Advocate. And I'm back to INFJ. And Whatever. I took it again after that because I'm like, maybe when I took it again, that was a fluke and I'm actually not back to INFJ. But then I took it again and I am. Whatever. I'm happy over here in ISFP. I think that's what the adventurer one was. S is not the second. Oh, wait, maybe it is. I think I I'm an INFP too. That sounds hmm. that sounds right. But I don't know. I if I, I don't think I've taken it for a very long time so i would have to go back to it mine was at least within the last year i was right 
ISFP. Well, congratulations. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've spent a lot of time talking about not the (laughs) Spider-Verse. Well, we were talking about personality quizzes. That's that's a thing that we do on this show sometimes. (laughs) It's a long conversation. Yeah. Anyways, so seeing it for the first time, I think this might actually be my favorite of the movies that we've watched so far. It's probably either this or, or Little Women. Yeah. I suspected that it would be, and I'm actually really interested. I haven't asked yet because I wanted to ask on on the recording uh, out of ten. Yeah, it's got to be like a like a nine, probably. If you had said anything lower than a nine, I would have been extremely upset. This yeah. movie's so good. I'm surprised, not because like it's a great movie, so of course people are going to like it. But I had flashbacks to our Pirates episode where you were like, there was so much action and adventure for the action and adventure movie that I thought, oh no, this is going to have too much action, too much color, too much in-your-faceness for David. So I didn't think that you would dislike it. I think you could, you know, recognize that it's a good movie, but I didn't expect it to be probably your favorite so far. So that's fun. Yeah, there was a lot of action and I don't know if I would say, like, too much action, but, like, I really loved how human the movie was, as opposed to being focused mainly on the action or, like, defeating the existential threat to humanity or whatever. Like, I don't know, Miles is just such a fantastic character, and he's really... He's me. He's really well-rounded and believable and... Like a realistic New York teenager dealing with teenage things. Like Hallie is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. To a T. Yeah. The hero everybody can rely on. That was the actual phrasing the personality quiz used. I double-checked the picture I took. <laughs> yeah. So, But I like that the movie foregrounds that and foregrounds the people and their relationships as opposed to the, like, the superhero superpowers fighting to save the world kind of stuff like which that's... is so cool yeah. is like especially because like the stakes aren't any lower because of that like i feel like so many movies that try to make things really exciting and like oh the world's gonna end like foreground all that kind of stuff and then it's boring but you, you but like this i don't know i i feel like the stakes are just as high with foregrounding all of miles's other problems and stuff like, also i thought this was nice because it did have a big like the world is at stake problem but I wasn't tired of it because sometimes I just get exhausted with movies and I'm like god it's always to save the world isn't it like it it can never just be like to save this one sandwich shop or (laughs) this one something or other like it always has to be such big stakes but this was big stakes but I didn't want to roll my eyes at it ever I think it helps that uh, that the spider people sort of do roll their eyes at it. Like, what is it that yeah. Peter B. Parker says? When it's like, it's event? always something like this. It's the, yeah, you'll get and used to like, And now he's going to say, you have 24 hours. Yeah, like, and that really helps. Uh, but again, it doesn't discredit the actual stakes either. Like, the movie makes fun of itself. Not itself exactly, but makes fun of the, like, this is a superhero movie, so the stakes are large. Also, like, this is pretty classic Spider-Man fare without making it not fun for the audience to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not only, like, Miles dealing with 
his human personal stuff, but like Peter B. Parker has his marital struggles God. slash his depression. Like, and like poor Peter B. Parker. Yeah. The, the... And like all the losses that each of the spider people have gone through, like I don't know. Everybody has something to to make them feel like a real person instead of just like a a stuffed superhero suit. Yeah. David, you probably wouldn't know this, but the previews for Into the Spider-Verse featured Peter B. Parker because they had to. But in the theaters, at least with, with my group of people I saw it with and like the theater at large, um, they introduced... The, P- the Peter Parker from Miles World first, you know, and people were like, the, who who is this? Like, <laughs> this isn't the Peter Parker we all came here to see. Who is this? And I think it's really funny that they have those two different Peter Parkers. And the one that everybody loves is, of course, the one whose life is in shambles. <laughs> Peter B. Parker. And Peter like, B. Parker. And, like, hasn't shaved in, like, a week, yes. probably. <laughs> he's, like, he's got mismatched shoes. Yeah. It's like high waisted sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like David, I don't I don't think you realize though when we say that people love Peter B. Parker, we mean like people love Peter B. Parker. Yeah. This is should are, are we going into it now? Yeah, I May mean we well. can circle back later okay. to some other stuff. Okay. Because this is very important. Yes. Because you are not generally a part of the internet or pop culture, we're not sure you're aware how into Peter B. Parker everybody unanimously is. <laughs> no, I yeah. I have I have no idea. Like every single person was like retweeting images of Peter Parker of Peter B. Parker from the trailers asking why is he hot? <laughs> because that was the question at that time. Everybody was like, why is he inexplicably attractive in all of these scenes? Like eating the burger in the restaurant and looking sad and tired and not good and his life is in shambles and he doesn't know so many things but everyone's like god i would marry this man in a second yeah everyone's like 11 out of 10 like he's so attractive he really is like it was a movement you couldn't find anything else on twitter for a while and i loved it I also wasn't sure if you would know because I remember I mentioned this to one of my friends who's a guy and he was like, wait, really? And I said, yeah, every single woman I've talked to is into Peter B. Parker. Yeah, every... Really? Out of, like, when Peter A. Parker is also an option? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Peter B. Parker. We also agree it doesn't make sense, but there it is. (laughs) Like, the 99% of straight women were very into Peter B. Parker and continue to be very into Peter B. Parker. I hadn't watched this movie in a while, but when I watched it this afternoon, I was like, God, I missed him. There he is. <laughs> I started watching and was thinking, you know, I loved Peter B. Parker last time. So maybe this time, I don't know, maybe it'll be different when I see, but no, I still no. love Peter B. Parker. Like when he's holding Miles and Miles's room... And he's doing the, like, go, turn invisible, let him strike me right now. It's like, God, peak attractiveness. <laughs> right? Like, yes, would watch that scene a thousand times. It's just, he's just really good. Also, it's Okay, fun. so wait, wait. So Go ahead. 
So if you had to choose between Peter B. Parker and Hot Tiger. Oh. Well, the resurgence of Hot Tiger. <laughs> I miss Hot Tiger. Like, that's well, a really I mean, unfair question. No, it's perfectly fair, and I expect an answer to it. I will say Peter B. Parker because Hot Tiger is not a fleshed up character. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't speech and he doesn't <laughs> no, have no. a name. <laughs> so like at least Peter B. Parker has stuff going on for him, even if it's all bad. <laughs> so I will say Peter B. Parker. Yeah. I I'm... think what also helped, at least for me, is the fact that he is voiced by the person who plays Nick on New Girl, and Nick on New Girl is a slightly messier version of Peter B. Parker. He also does not have his life together in many, many ways, but it works so well. Like, everyone <laughs> loves Nick on New Girl, and everyone's like, God, this shouldn't be working, but it is. And so I think you have Nick from New Girl, who people already love, playing a character who is like Nick from New Girl, and it just compounds. I haven't watched New Girl. I'm re-watching it now. It's a delight. You should watch. I feel like I would probably like it. It's a good time. Winston is the best character, and I talk about the puzzle scene a lot. Alright. That's not until season three. So anyway, David, that's just the united front that we had to... We had to make sure you knew... We weren't sure we'd be able to explain it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure that we, you were able to explain it either. We suspected but... <laughs> you would no, be it's, in it's the minority very... who didn't understand. It's a very binary thing in that you yeah. either get it or you don't. And I don't think there's ever a middle ground. It's just, it's a light switch. It's on or it's off. That's, that's fair. That's fair. And yours is off, and that's fine. Kind of rude, though, because it's it one of the joys of watching this movie is that you're like, wow, I would get with Peter B. Parker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So you missed out on that joy. I did. That is, not a, that is not a joy that I can share with you, I'm afraid. Yeah. Right. So It was really important that we get that out of the way. <laughs> it really was. Good. I'm glad that we had this conversation. It wasn't so much a conversation as Hallie and I yelling about this one thing and you being like, I didn't expect to be assaulted like this, with this information. What did you want to talk about, David? What did I want to talk about? So I guess I was, I was a little bit surprised by the fact that this was my favorite of the movies that we've watched, just because like, I haven't. I haven't seen a whole lot of superhero movies. Like I haven't seen any of the MCU. I haven't seen there's just there's a lot that I've missed, as you might know. <laughs> Seeing this is from who you are, this, the whole yeah, me as a person, and this being our thirtieth episode of me talking about all the things that I've missed. Um, like I don't know, Wonder Woman was really good, but a lot of the other superhero movies I've seen, I I saw them. And I thought they were like fine, but I guess a lot of them would have been like early 2000s like the original x-men movies and things like that so have like you saw the x-men movies and thought they were only fine i maybe saw David. the first x-men movie and thought it was fine 
But the second one is where you had the Nightcrawler guy. Is that his name? Nightcrawler? Yeah. The blue guy? Okay, because I just thought of the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> no, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, no, blue guy. He's great. Yeah, blue guy is great. Maybe I did see the second one then. I seem to remember. Maybe. I know that I was into Nightcrawler as a child. Like, I had a Nightcrawler action figure. As you figure, should be. And it was one of my favorites. <gasps> that's fun. But, um, I don't know. Have have superhero movies like grown as a genre since the early two thousands? Mm-hmm. I think they definitely have. I think people are recognizing that they have a lot more credibility to them than just like a man in spandex saving the town. And these are the things that children used to watch their Saturday morning cartoons with, or something like. I think people are recognizing, no, these are legitimate things. And they're gradually working their way into more award season things. And granted, they're not always deserved. You can enjoy a movie and understand that it's not Oscars material. But some were good. Like, wasn't Black Panther nominated for an Oscar? I think so. I think so. And I think especially with this being nominated and winning... It's gaining a lot more credibility, and people are taking it more seriously. People who hadn't previously been taking it seriously. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense. Like when I was watching superhero movies, I think they, they were still sort of like, nerd, like nerd stuff, <laughs> and like hadn't quite crossed into the mainstream. And maybe like the original Spider-Man movies. If I'm recalling correctly, like maybe that's kind of when th- those were like some of the first that other people that weren't necessarily just into comic books and stuff like that were like, hey, this is fun. My thought was that it was either, I think it was a, a two part thing of Marvel with Iron Man, which everyone loved because he's a really fun character, and the fact that they started to build their entire 21-22 movie arc that, you know, has all these different stories with phases within it. So I think you had that sort of, oh wow, here's a superhero we haven't seen who isn't just Superman or something, and he has a really good movie. And then, I think it also helped that Christopher Nolan did the Batman movies because even though I think you can make an argument that a lot of things now are always trying to choose like the darker, grittier version of it when it doesn't need to be just because it was so successful with Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. But I think that also helped people maybe sort of realize that it isn't just kids stuff. Like you can have really interesting dynamic comics that are just as fun for adults as they are for kids and again i i was pretty young when they came out so i had no actual concept of what the general opinion was on comic book movies before then but i feel like those are probably contributing factors yeah that definitely makes sense yeah the um the batman movies especially the um the second one with heath ledger the Dark Knight. Yeah. I remember yeah. that one sort of being a, a tipping point, too, of, like... And he won his Oscar oh, yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. After his passing, R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there was... I was... So, going back to um, 
what I was originally talking about. Like, I was surprised both because yeah, it was a, a superhero movie, and I'm also, like, I don't really care for, like, alternate dimensions slash, like, time travel plots where the time-space continuum is in jeopardy or broken or whatever it is. Like, they always tend to be a mess, but I thought this one did a pretty good job with it. Like, part of it is because, like, there weren't any paradoxes or whatever. It was just sort of presented that, like, hey, there are other spider people in other places, and now they're here. The end. Like, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't any, like, well, what does it mean that Peter B. Parker is in this universe now, and but there's already a Peter Parker? And, like, there wasn't any of that stuff going on. It was just, like, these people are here now, and they're going to do some stuff, and it's going to be cool. Um, but, yeah, so I, I thought it, it handled that well like the only the only things where i enjoy time travel stuff are like groundhog's day slash edge of tomorrow where like you're reliving the same day over and over again and like funny things happen because of it that's a that's I a would hardly classify edge of tomorrow as a funny movie david no like every time that like Tom Cruise fails and like gets run over by a truck or whatever. Like that's great. That is good. It is. That is. I call it funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny, but it's I'm not humorous. gonna be like, I'm not walking out of the theater after seeing Edge of Tomorrow and going, huh, what a funny movie. Maybe you're wrong. I'm focusing on the aliens. It was a very good movie. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I'm not saying it wasn't. Ugh, carry on. Keep going. <laughs> Speaking of funny movies, the humor in this movie was really good. I really enjoyed it. It also made me want to watch <laughs> the Lego movie, which is on our list. But yes, I, like good. the writer and or director or somebody behind Lego movie also did this one. Yeah, Chris Miller yeah. and Phil Lord. Yeah. That's their names. They're very good. Yeah. So it made me. I like I I've sort of like Lego Movie has moved up on the list a little bit for me, just because I've been curious about it. But seeing this and then reading that they were behind this one as well and really loving this one, I kind of want to see Lego Movie. So maybe Good. maybe we'll get to that one sooner rather than later. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. And um, can you give examples of the humor that you liked, or were you just like it was nice? I I thought. What was a funny moment? I thought Spider-Man Noir as a character was, like, really hilarious. Yes! Just all of his... He was great. Like, over-the-top, like, I let a match burn down to my fingertips just so I can feel something. <laughs> and then, like... That's the, the quote I chose. Which is, like... <laughs> the quiz. <laughs> which is, like, both, like, a really funny, like, over-the-top and dark thing. But then in the movie, as he's doing it, the match goes out, and he's, like... Oh. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then he like takes the Rubik's cube with him because someday he's going to understand yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is such a good gag. And it only happens like two or three times, but when he's laying on, on Aunt May's couch holding the cube and then he goes purple and he sits up and like no. <laughs> and he just like flops back down. Like he behaves so unlike what his outfit suggests, even while behaving while like exactly what he is. It's just he's wonderful. I love him. People were very uh, surprised and perhaps a little skeptical of Nicolas Cage, but then he 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 knocks it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. 
I've seen a fair number of Nicolas Cage movies, and I think that he gets, I think he gets kind of a bad rap. I think he's he takes like some kind of ridiculous roles, and isn't always in the best movies. <laughs> but I think as an actor, he's actually like really no he seems he's good and like well suited for the kinds of stuff that he does it was just funny to see nick cage on the cast list for into the spider-verse yeah as spider-noir but he's so good i love spider-noir i love him so much yeah so spider-noir is really good i have a little spider-noir bobblehead on my desk i'm looking for there he is nobody can see this because it's a podcast but he exists He's up there. Is it just like no, hid- he doesn't. hidden away in a sea of other bobbleheads that you had to search through? No, he's next to a basil of Baker Street, like, ceramic thing. And then he was behind my dice bag with all my dice in it. Maybe that's why I have such bad luck with dice. Maybe it's Spider-Noir. He doesn't seem wow. like he luck with dice. Blaming Spider-Noir. I like to drink egg creams and punch Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't get a lot of lines, but all of his lines are pretty much gold. So, I like. I like that. I liked just Miles's whole relationship with Uncle Aaron. I thought was. It, it's both like really sweet, but also really funny. Like so many of their interactions, where um, Miles is trying to like prove himself to Uncle Aaron that he's not just like an awkward dorky teenager and uncle Aaron is like too cool for this <laughs> <laughs> and is like trying to teach him how to hit on girls and it's just not going well I don't know there are a lot of there are a lot of like I don't know there's a lot of funny moments <laughs> I think a lot I think the strength of this movie's humor is that so many of the lines aren't necessarily quotable but they're really funny in the moment because the characters feel so real and like i don't know the dialogue's just like i don't want to quite say snappy but it's like it's it's i don't want to say quirky either it's just like it's really good dialogue and all the characters have their own like witty observations or like really playful insults that are just really fun to listen to the like they're just the exchanges are really good. Um, like when they're they're doing the, they're sneaking in to the place, and all the waiters are dressed like Spider Man, and they're like, "This can't possibly be that easy." Oh, it's that easy. Yeah. And then Peter B. Parker has the conversation about bread with Mary Jane, and then uh, Gwen is like, "Are you okay?" And he goes, "No." And she goes, "Well, good because we have to do this." Yeah. <laughs> like I just I I really enjoyed that exchange. I still think that the funniest line in this movie is good news we don't need the monitor <laughs> i just chucks because i lost it in the theater the first time that happened the way he looks at him and then just takes the monitor and chucks it off screen because i don't i don't know that's just <laughs> comedy gold we don't need the monitor like i really like that whole exchange too with the remember this password it's four seven capital t r asterisk it's such a long password it stresses me out yeah yeah no i like that a lot too he just takes the computer yeah that was that was really funny i don't know every time that somebody comments on peter b parker's gut like when he's talking with doc ock and she's like okay like a little bit of a gut perhaps from some dimensional warping and he's like yeah yeah i was way flatter before i warped (laughs) that's what this is yeah 
I don't know. It's. I'm not very liquid right now. <laughs> You're gonna pick this up, right? Yeah. And the um the animation style was really fantastic. Like I don't think I've seen anything like it before. And maybe you haven't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I haven't. Maybe this is like the only movie that's done stuff like this. Reading the IMDb trivia as I do, they specifically did a certain number of frames per second that I have already forgotten because these terms are lost on me. But part of that was to make it look like if at any point you froze the movie, one, you wouldn't have blurs. And then two, it could look like you just are looking at a still from a comic book, like a page. And I thought that was really cool. Because you know it is sort of like, not it's not stiff and blocky. Because there's definitely a lot of like smooth movement, but it's not as fluid as other movies. But it really lends itself well. And I like that they do a lot of plays on comic book things. Like whenever there's a sound being made, they have it written out. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. really big in the background. And then, of course, the comic letters. I was so... I remember thinking this when I first saw it in theaters. I was enamored with how they did um, Peter A. and B. Parker's eyes in the spider suit. And how it would just light up and how it lit... Or how it looked so reflective, almost, and very shiny. And just how yes. the, the the way they were animated for all their expressions, it was so good. It's... it's I... I love animation so i love any movie that like pushes animation forward and like experiments with it which means i love into the spider-verse because it does all these things and it's so so cool like aside from the general comic vibe all the different spider people aside from from peter and miles and gwen they all are kind of the same uh the other three though are all like animated in their own styles like all the time and then just like put onto the already existing Spider-Verse style. Like, uh, Spider-Noir is in black and white, and he looks like... He he looks like a physical thing, but not like a physical human thing there. He just looks like you picked him up and put him there. Penny Parker looks very, like, 2D anime, anime style. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Spider-Ham is just a 2D cartoon with everything, but doesn't look any less, like, vibrant or lifelike when you consider the world as a whole and I was like like I read something when the movie was in production about how they had to do that with all the styles and all the like filters they used and the animation nerd in me was like very very happy with with all of it plus like I think the camera work is so good I love how the camera will flip with people when they're like walking up walls and stuff it never feels like gimmicky it's just fun like they know how to keep scenes really really fun yeah and the camera work always feels meaningful and like it's helping you understand the scene more instead of just giving an effect and like the spider the spider-man faces like somebody pointed out how like these are just giant white eyes but they are able to express so much emotion whenever they're wearing their spider-man mask it's amazing and i love like i was pausing the scene sometimes just to admire the expressions, how they would do it with, like, two tiny little lines between the giant white eyes. But it was different for each character. And, like, the Spider-Man faces are just really cute. One of my favorites is when, um, is when Miles and Peter are swinging through the woods after stealing the, the, the not monitor, the computer. And I can't remember what Peter B. Becker is saying, but there's a part where he goes forward and then comes back and his face, like, 
his eyes get really big as he says something and it's just like so aesthetically pleasing it makes me so happy this movie makes me so happy i love the animation and like i saw somebody the other day say that a lot of movies are now trying to emulate spider-verse when what they should be doing is try to emulate what spider-verse did which was find its own way of telling the story and like see what you can do with animation now that technology has advanced and like people have new ideas and stuff so like i feel like spider-verse is trying to usher forth a new age of animation or at least has the ability to like show animators what you can do with that medium I think especially, too, in the age of where it constantly, you know, at the Oscars, you have the Disney movies going up against all the other things. And again, Disney's great, but they have one, especially with like the most recent princesses, they have like one particular style. And it's not that it isn't good, but I think a lot of people are sort of like, okay, this is what animation is these days. And yeah, this is what we have to no, emulate. You, like, can, you no. can do so many other things. And especially when you were talking about camera work, of course there's a scene where he jumps off the building, but instead of seeing him falling, he looks like he's rising to meet and it's the building. so cool. Yeah. That's great. And like all the like the interdimensional stuff is really cool too. Like I like David, am often tired when we get to like interdimensional time paradox stuff. I don't automatically dislike it, but like it's not it's not usually my bag, but, like, this is accessible, it's easy to understand, and, like, it looks cool. Like, they're not trying to make it, I don't know, it just, like, the shapes and, like, how when they glitch, they're just, like, a bunch of blocks, and, like, the, 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 when they're fighting in the collider, like, the collider looks really cool. I don't know, just aesthetically, visually, this movie is, like, 11 out of 10 i love it so much yeah yeah i agree i can't i can't speak in full sentences but you get what i'm putting down (laughs) yeah and then like yeah i was just looking up some stills and like the um the one that Kristen mentioned where like the whole city is upside down and spider-man is just like in the middle of the scene and he looks like he's so good yeah it's like it's really beautiful it's not you know with all of the other things going on there's also those moments of like the forest too when they they're in the forest and they've got you know just the colors of the the trees and the leaves and everything and like i don't know it it was and um oh i'm just i'm just like literally just clicking through stills on google now but like (laughs) at the end where miles like we get the call back to him putting stickers on everything and he's up on the on the gargoyle and like slaps a sticker on it like mm-hmm. and but you get to see him like standing on top of the the concrete animal head and like you've got the the sky behind him and everything like that's a that's a real beautiful scene it's real good yeah it's They've got just, it's really just real, lovely scenes real good and and Into the Spider-Verse deserves all the critical acclaim that it's gotten. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know. Not only does it, not only are there, like, good visual gags and there's beauty, but, like, the villains are, like, sort of terrifying, some of them. Like, yeah. Green Goblin yeah. is, like, when we first see Spider-Man fighting Green Goblin and 
um, Prowler. Like every scene that Prowler's in, like he just he moves so fast, and I like know. also whoever came up with the Prowler score, it works so well, right? Yeah, I think this this movie might actually have the best soundtrack of anything we've watched so far. Oh, I love this movie's soundtrack because it's, it's one, it just so has good. some great songs, but then two, it's it's not music that I'm gonna necessarily. Like, not all the songs... I listen to Sunflower all the time. It's bad. Yeah. But the rest of the songs, I'm not necessarily going to turn on and listen to them by themselves. But they work so well in the movie. It's a phenomenal soundtrack. Like, every song that they picked worked with it so well and enhanced the scene. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, in, uh, yeah. Kingpin? I think Kingpin's design is so wonderful. I think it's such a like distinctive over the top design that still fits in with everything but when he just straight up actually murders peter a parker in the beginning the whole theater was like oh because it's i don't know it's just really like sorted when he just brings down his fists and prowler is going to kill him before then with his like spiked glove and that is very scary but when kingpin loses it and just smashes him that i don't know there's something really unsettling about that for me part of its unsettlingness is that in superhero movies at least the ones that have come out they they don't die (laughs) like they can get injured or you know other bad things can happen to the people around them but they don't die and so i think it was sort of a moment of seeing a villain kill a beloved superhero and being like oh my god that happened which by the way I got goosebumps when they showed um, the world finding out that Peter Parker had died and he was Spider-Man because it's the way the world completely froze and everyone just pulled up their phones and they all got the news at the same time. I don't know why. It gave me goosebumps. Like, like, I don't know. There's something, obviously it's sad that he's dead and he had to die for this, but so many Spider-Man movies are about Peter Parker making sacrifices to be Spider-Man and how his life sucks uh, (laughs) that like seeing people appreciate him and find out like oh this 26 year old grad student was spider-man i don't know that was really nice for me that was like pleasing Um, i remember what i was gonna say it was about music go um david the uh the end of the spider-verse christmas album that actually exists it's like six songs it's a small (laughs) album but it's wonderful so it has the full version of peter a parker's like up on the housetop, thwip, thwip, yay! I don't remember other lyrics because thwip, thwip, yay is my favorite part. But it's extremely good. Spidey Bells, that one exists. Yeah. There's one that Peter B. Parker and Miles sing. It's great. That's... And those are clearly the best songs on the on the score. That's that's it's... good to know. I didn't realize that my they had opinion. actually made a, made an album. Oh, they did. I'm going to send it to you. Okay, great. Uh, Kristen, I cut you off to say that very important fact. So now you may continue. I was just going to say that, uh, like, on top of everyone appreciating him a lot, then you had the scene where everyone was buying the Spider-Man outfits at the store, and then mm-hmm. Stan Lee's final cameo being like, you know, it'll fit. It always, or like, it does eventually, all the time, or always, or whatever he, yeah. his quote is. I butchered it. But I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. I didn't actually cry, but goosebumps! Which I think is also a very important facet of 
of like this movie's success and why I at least love it so much and also why I think like it resonated with with global audiences so much too is that like anyone can wear the mask is kind of a is the message like obviously superhero movies are all about like you too can be a superhero but it just feels more real with this one because mm-hmm. it's like yes it was you you were bitten by the spider but if you had been the one bitten by the spider it would be fine because you'd find your own way to do it like so much of the movie is people telling miles he'll like know when the time comes or he'll find his own way or he's got this spark and he can do it like I really love when Peter's yelling instructions at him to swing, and he's like, that's too many things! And Peter goes, well, stop listening to me! <laughs> because that's just such a good summary of, like, what Miles needs to do and what he eventually does. And, like, I think that is obviously important to him discovering his spider abilities and doing cool superhero stuff, but it's so important to living life in general, too, and to him living his life in general, that that message, I don't know, it just felt really like double faceted and it's very I really like it it's very it like very follow your heart without being as corny as follow your yeah. heart it's, it's it's in a way that really resonates with people and it's such a nice message that's so well done I yeah and I think the interdimensional thing happens there too because everybody loves Spider-Man like any iteration like Spider-Man is just cool I don't know what it is I don't know why humans like Spider-Man it's like how humans like dogs that's just how we are Spider-Man is like generally universally beloved so having many different types of spider people there's like the spider noir and there's like the anime girl with the with the spider robot and there's the spider pig I guess like it's just it's fun to have all those different ones and then like having them converge on the classic Spider-Man story that has the message of, you could do this too, you would just find your own way to do it, and that's good, you know? I don't know. You will, you... uh. I also love, speaking of just doing things your own way, Miles's Spider-Man costume. Yes, it's it's so good. It's amazing. Like, with the the gloves and the feet and then the spray-painted spider, it's so good. I want that as a costume. And it's not introduced until he's, like, figured it out, you know, which is, like, what I love. And he takes the suit and I'm... Yeah. It's it's real good stuff. It's real good stuff. Makes me very, very happy. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, really good reveals in the movie. And that's one of them when we first, when we finally see, like, Miles' own Spider-Man suit. But, like, like I had mentioned before, when he stumbles on Spider-Man and we see Green Goblin for the first time, who's, like, gigantic and terrifying and not at all the kind of, like, cheesy goblin that I remember from my <laughs> trading cards as a kid. And, like, when we find out that the head science behind Alchemix is actually Doc Ock, who's, like... Oh, that's such a good reveal. Yeah, who's, like... Top tier. Both, like, one of the most famous Spider-Villains and, like... We see her transform into the super villain outfit with the tentacle arms and everything. And like, yeah, yeah. And there were like actual gasps from my theater, not like over the top ones, but just like, and it was just so pleasing to hear. I love being in the theater and hearing other people react to stuff. Two things. Oh my God. That's one thing I'm going to love so much when we can go back to movies is I love seeing movies on opening night because everyone reacts. But anyway, um, miss it. When... 
two things about that is watching this time, because again, I didn't see it coming the first time. I was like, oh my God, she's Doc Ock. But watching it this time, I noticed that, you know, when they're coming down from the ceiling into her office, the lights are shaped as octagons. And I'm like, oh my God, we should have known. We should have known. But of course we didn't. And then two, I love the scene before that when they're talking about like, oh, you got to talk to the scientist and get this thing. And Miles is like, oh, she's the lady in the video I saw. And Peter B. Parker's like, and I assess my biases or something like that. Because he thought it was the man. Yeah, because he thought it was the man at the computer. It was such like a fun little tiny line. Yeah, it's those little things that are so evocative of character that are so funny and so good about this movie. Yeah. Let's see what else. Is there anything else that I wanted to talk about, especially? (laughs) I have notes about grief and loss again, but like, (laughs) I don't know. We don't. We don't maybe have to get into that. I mean, this like Miles doesn't have a lot of time to experience those things. A lot of things happen to him in the span of like two days. Right. Oh, I did see this. This maybe ties in with it a little bit. It's not perfect, but I feel like it. It's tangential to to what you maybe want to go into. I saw a really good tweet once that was like Miles. Uh, Miles Morales did not need another father figure, but Peter B. Parker needed a son in the worst possible way. Yeah. Like, he needed a child. I really love Peter B. Parker's arc. Like, when he, when Miles comes back and he's, and he's cool and he can do all of his cool powers on command, and Peter B. Parker just says, I love you! Like, there's such an emphatic, out-of-nowhere declaration, but it feels so right and it's so pure. And then he's like, do I want kids? And it's like, yeah, you probably do. You're just afraid of everything. And then I love when he's like, you gotta go home, man. Like, I don't know. That's just like, obviously Miles is the more important arc because he's the protagonist. But Peter B. Parker's arc means a lot to me. And I think it means a lot to Miles because it like complements his. I think it definitely helps because Peter B. Parker probably was, it seemed like he was definitely feeling in a rut just in his life in general, but also in his role as Spider-Man. And like, yeah, you know, they're the bad guys. You gotta save the world, this and this and this. And then you get Miles, who's trying to be like, what do I do? How do I do all this? And I think in teaching Miles, Peter B. Parker had the really good bond with him, but then also sort of got to, you know, remember why being Spider-Man is so great, and especially having all the other Spideys around him. I don't know. I think it sort of opened up his eyes a little bit just yeah, interacting it it, with miles and all everything else it doesn't feel like teaching you like if you don't have kids yet you should get on that like it it doesn't feel like it's necessarily saying children is the answer to problems it feels like children will Parker fix your marriage needed this adventure with this child and now he loves miles and gwen as his like little children figures and and, like, now he can go back to MJ and he can try. Yeah, definitely. So is her official character name Spider-Gwen? No, it's Spider-Woman. Spider-Gwen is a real thing. I have her comics on my bookshelf. Because, like, I think in the movie it's Spider-Woman. But, I th- but she's also known as Spider-Gwen generally. Watching the movie and then discussing it, I was thinking, huh. I'm not really a big comics person, but I could I could get into some Spider-Gwen comics, especially because I'm trying to do a thing that focuses on, well, not, 
I'm just trying to engage more with women in science fiction because I feel like it's such a male-dominated area. And I love science fiction. And women are great. And they should be everywhere. But <laughs> Women are great. <laughs> women are great. But uh, I feel like this would be a perfect little happy thing where I can be like, oh, this is, you know, related to the Spider-Verse movie. And I don't know. I, I, should, I should look into it. I should see what the library has. So I don't know. I don't know that much about Kingpin. But his story seemed like, I mean, he seems like, like a a jerk, <laughs> like not not a great person. Objectively, but, a no. bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a pretty solidly bad guy. But like his whole arc in this movie is just like, it's just really sad. He just wants to open yeah, this I... black hole under New York to get access to an alternate dimension where his family is still alive, and that's that's all he wants. Gotta and respect think... that, because it's one of those things where, like, if if they're the villain, I'm like, come on, man, you can't out open up a black hole under New York. You're gonna kill a lot of people, and you only get, like, two in return, and you're the only one who benefits. But if he had been the protagonist instead of the antagonist, I am absolutely like, you open up that black hole and you find these people. <laughs> and... I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a good one. I like that his his motivation wasn't just evil. It had more heart to it. He was still evil, but yeah. Well, like he's pretty blatantly. My favorite part about his like plot slash arc, I guess, is that it's his fault his family leaves. Right? Yeah. Like they like they discover him doing some pretty bad things, and they're like, "Wow, we didn't know you were into this. We're gonna run now." And I think if his family had just, like, died and he was trying to do this, it wouldn't have been as compelling as him trying to get them back because it's his fault that they're... Like, obviously, it's not his fault they died in the car crash. Things led to that, and then that's, like, a shame. Mm -hmm. But it is his fault they ran away and that they maybe don't want to be with him. And the fact that, like... Like, it's never stated, but... I feel like he's trying to find a version of his family who hasn't found out what he does for a living. Yeah. I feel like that's the implication, and that just adds another layer of sadness to it. Is he wrong? Of course he is. But at least it's like a lot of villains like who have a good you know, a a a good end game. Like, I wanna get my family back. It's like, well then surely you know that you're gonna kill a lot of people. And like Kingpin is exactly the kind of person who doesn't give a shit. Like, you can find that story compelling while he's still 100% in the wrong. He's not exactly a morally ambiguous villain. He's just a good one. Yeah. Although I do think it's interesting that he told Miles... No, it was Peter. It was Peter, I think. Um, Like, I can't see my family again. Or maybe it was Miles. So you'll never see yours. And I'm like, this isn't even the case, though, of like... Spider-Man was busy saving someone, and these people were collateral damage, his family. This was just, they ran away from something he did and then got in this car accident, so it seemed a little misplaced. I think at that point, though, it was more so that they were, the Spideys were collectively trying to stop him from doing this thing that could let him see his family, but that line made it seem very, mm -hmm. almost, it's your fault, and I'm like, Ugh no dude it's yours like 100 percent. yeah 
Yeah. I actually remember reading a, something about like an actual real life scientist who is sort of dedicated his life to studying time travel and made some like big breakthrough in physics or something solely because he was trying to figure out if it was possible to go back in time and spend more time with his dad. Well, that's Aww. really sad. Really sad. And like, so there's an article you should send that to me. I would have to find it. I don't remember. Aww. It was like a long time ago that I read it, but yeah, it was, it was super sad. And like, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the uh, ability to uh, turn it into a supervillain plot, but like if Not if he yet. did, then maybe he would turn into Kingpin. Well, if he did, that would happen in twenty twenty one. Yeah, this is the natural follow up to. I mean, twenty twenty is not over yet. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Don't. Why would you say that? We've still got. We still got ten days works, for. What if it works and we're just stuck in twenty twenty for the rest of our lives? What if that happens, David? It would be your fault. It certainly wouldn't be my fault. <laughs> it would be because you said it. Oh. I was confused, but I also didn't care that I was confused at the end when Gwen contacts Miles through some, like, extra-dimensional thing. Like, yeah. Oh, you're supposed to be. Because they don't answer it. They introduce that as a, as a, wait till next time. Yeah, gonna have to wait till 2022 to Yeah, which is great. Like, out. I am, like, I, I want them all together again, and I feel like any sequel would need to have them all together again. Yeah. So the post credits draw, the post credit scene. It it was both building towards the sequel, but also toward the gag at the end, right? Like that. That's both. Yeah, because that's like a different it's Oscar Isaac, right? I think voicing. I think so. I don't know what that version of Spider Man is, but some fancy future version of Spider Man. I think it was meant to be a teaser. I sequel. think it's a teaser. Yeah. Anyways. Like, I think he would be involved, yeah. that character. Anyways, I was just glad that Gwen found a friend. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah. it bummed yeah. me out that her story is just, like, her friend dies, and now she goes around trying to save other people while keeping herself emotionally distant from everybody else because she can't handle friendship anymore. Like, that has to be so rough as a teenager. Yeah. So I'm happy she and Miles are, are friends. Yeah. She, she'll presumably be able to be more open with people from her dimension now also. Hopefully. But even if not, like, she's got a an interdimensional pen pal who is yeah, also... Yeah, like, I hope that works yeah, out. Yeah, who's also Spider-Man and, like, understands the Spider-Man things that she may be going through. It's very important. Yeah. Oh, I have one thing. It's going to get me a point. Great. No, it's not. I bet. Um, um, when Peter B. Parker lands in Times Square, he la- I think it's supposed to be Times Is Square. Is it about her band? There being a poster? No, but it is about a poster. There's a poster that says, From Dusk Till Sean, and it's clearly, uh, uh, uh. Sean of the Dead. Um, thank you. I could not remember the movie name, Sean <laughs> of the Dead. I was like, rise up the Sean. And I was like, that's not right. That's not right, Hallie. Get it together. It's with, yeah, it's a Sean of the Dead movie poster. I'm going to send it. 
to the Discord, and you're going to be like, wow, what a fun thing you noticed, Tally. You get a point. Yeah. I am so frustrated because I saw this in theaters. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And then didn't notice a bunch of different things. And I think it's this movie, but I cannot recall. But the second time I saw it, I watched it on Netflix. Um, when Miles falls after he tries to, like, jump off the building and test his spidey skills. And he hits all these different things and lands on the ground. There's a four and a two next to him. And it's infuriating because the last time I saw it, I was like, oh, 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 I know specifically what this is referencing. And I don't know if it's just supposed to be like the two Spideys in that dimension versus the four in the other or if it was something else. But watching it this time, I thought that means something. And I cannot for the life of me recall what it is. Yeah, it um I looked it up because I also noticed that and was like what is up with the 42? Does anybody know? And was going to going to mention it. Apparently, it's for um Jackie Robinson's number. It's the uh Oh. Yeah, so So but there why? you go. I assume it's because Miles is the first black and first Latino, I think, Spider-Man. And Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball. So I think that's just sort of an homage to him in that sort of way. Hmm. Interesting. You know what else is fun? I had to read this on IMDb. I didn't notice it myself. But (laughs) there's, to the right of the dust till Sean, is um, a poster for Baby Shower. And it's supposed to be a play off of Bridesmaids. Yeah. I was wondering about that because I saw that and didn't know what it meant. Yeah. There's also there's also like a there's a show called Clone High that I that I that I like. It's not it doesn't fit into my usual brand, but I like it. And it's by these two directors. And there's a poster called Clone College, uh, when Gwen lands in Times Square. And I found that one this time. I knew it existed because it was an internet lore. Yeah, I'm sure that that's it for me. <laughs> I'm sure that watching this movie, there are probably like dozens of things you could find in the background. There's just so much going on. Apparently, again, IMDb trivia. Um, if you freeze almost any train that goes by, you can probably see Stan Lee in it. Because <laughs> I guess all the animators wanted to animate Stan Lee. And so even though he has the one scene, he's in several little trains as an additional body nice that's fun i don't know if that's I like they did that i don't know if that's worth a point why not but i deserve points well did you look at did you know it or did you look it up on the imdb i looked it up on imdb but i'm trying you are trying i'm engaging i'm coming in with i'm coming in with the facts effort does not get points um Yes, it does. Haven't you ever heard of a participation trophy? No. What is that? Kristen, would you say that it sounds it's like something, something that all the adults get. gave us when we were younger and then they yelled at us for getting them? Yeah, that's that thing that, that double-edged sword we were so doing. So, Kristen, are you saying yeah. I just wanted you to know that this is me trying? Yeah, this is me trying. And I've been having... A hard time adjusting. Yeah. 
but this is me trying. Is this a folklore thing? <laughs> no, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> Chris. Is it an Evermore thing? Kristen. Maybe for you the, would uh, know. For the audience, Kristen made me listen to folklore. She didn't make me. I, I did not make you listen to she, anything. She suggested strongly that I should listen to folklore after I realized, or after I found out that The National recorded a song with Taylor Swift. And I really like The National. That's very on brand mm -hmm. for me. I know. But so I, I, went on, I went on a little bit of a Taylor Swift journey while I was writing the outline when for this. When worlds collide. While I was writing the outline for this episode, I listened to folklore. And the episode is better for it. Not that it would be bad without it, yeah. but. Sure is. Is there anything else that we wanted to get to? Nothing um... from me. All right. Nope, I mentioned the Christmas album. No. So good. One thing that I did just want to comment on, because I thought it was such a sweet moment, and when we start to see Peter B. Parker as a bit, not quite sentimental, that's not the right word, but not just, you know, goofball screw up in his own world <laughs> yeah. um but just when miles and gwen are talking on the bus on the ride back and they say something or other about like oh you know when you're doing friends again like I'd, i'll be your friend or whatever and then they cut to peter b parker laying on the seats and he's just sort of smiling and being like oh look at these little kids interacting having fun yeah getting crushed she's very invested in their relationship and yeah. i love that it's great yeah. That was just a tiny moment that I enjoyed, so I wanted to make sure it was mentioned. Yeah. Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Parker. Watch it again, ten David. See if you get the same feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh I'll I'll keep an open mind next time. Okay. So for the next episode, I totally phoned this one in. It's uh it's a meat cute in the middle of the ocean. She's a giant cruise ship. He's an iceberg. This intro is short because the movie is like three hours long. It's Titanic. <laughs> Woo! Titanic is our next movie. Yeah. 2021. I just saw a tweet about Titanic that was relevant to like the transition from 2020 to 2021. And so I was like, let's finally do it. Let's finally watch Titanic. Yeah. And then you sent me a tweet that didn't make any sense to me. I sent you a tweet and then immediately said, don't read it <laughs> because... You have no context for it. It was the tweet that made me think yeah. of it. To make up for the fact that I just didn't write an intro this week, I did want to say that Titanic is, like, the first big, like, capital B blockbuster that I was aware of as a child. Like, I knew people that saw it probably ten times in theaters, which was just completely foreign to me. Like, I didn't realize that people watched movies that many times, much less, like, paid to go see them in theaters like that. Plus, like, when it came out, it was 97. So I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't even a teenager yet. And, like, having classmates that would go and see a PG-13 movie like this. Like, Scandalous. I know. It was, like, too cool and grown up for me at the time. And I didn't fully understand it. And I don't know people were super crazy about it and i've never really known why though i think part of it was leonardo dicaprio because this was him at like the height of his popularity right mm -hmm. yeah or 
Was or maybe it, it was height? like the thing that launched him to the height of his I was gonna popularity. say, I think he was like fairly popular already, but I think this solidified that. This was like a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I think he was also the first person I remember my friends having like a major celebrity crush on. Yeah, he was a lot of people's first celebrity crush. Yeah. And you know what's fun is that when I watched this a couple months ago, I don't know, it's actually probably closer to a year. It was like February. Um, all this time, people, you know, have always been like, oh, hard eyes emoji for Leonardo DiCaprio. And I never really got it, even though I had seen Titanic. But something about watching it all those months ago, I was like, okay, I get it now. It's clicking. This makes sense. And I hope it makes sense for you too, David. We'll see. Cause the other, we will see. It's it's Kate Winslet, right? Is the other... Yes, it is. Yeah, I pulled that name out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know much about Kate Winslet other than that she was in this movie and was also somebody that was, like, really... I don't know, maybe it was just this movie was such a big deal that both of them were superstars for a little while. But I don't know what is what is Kate Winslet up to now. Um, she's she she's been in things. Did you see Contagion? It's just like sporadic. What was that, Kristen? Did you see Contagion? No, I haven't heard of that. <sighs> you what? You haven't heard of Contagion? In this a pandemic? I mean, I know what the word contagion means. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, no, but the I, movie Contagion is about, like, a global pandemic that happens, and all these scientists are trying to, like, rush to solve it. Uh, she's in that movie. I thought maybe you had seen it. The other one I can immediately think of is the Divergent series, which I don't think you have seen. No. So. Uh, well, she's in Titanic. We'll see her there. Yeah. Wasn't she in the Avalanche movie? She was. I did not see that. With I didn't see that either, and I don't know what it's called. I think that's just the most recent thing that she's Is in. Is it called, but like, she's like, Everest or something? Something no. like that? I don't know. She's, like, active, but it's only once every, like, five years. Okay, she's probably she's really more often herself. than that. Her. Hmm? I think it's more often than that. Maybe? I don't know. Just we're not it's aware not of like, it. She's not time. in all the big blockbuster movies, so I'm, we're not like, oh, I'm, there's Kate Winslet again. She's places. I think she's choosing what she wants to do, which is great. Yeah, Wikipedia, Good for, good for Wikipedia Kate. shows that she's been in about one or two movies a year, fairly consistently. Oh, that's way more than I thought. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm just not seeing the movies that she is in. Yeah. I think you're just not seeing the movies, Hallie. I just said that. Like, I just said it. No, you didn't. I did. Yeah. Uh-uh. We can roll that recording back and be like, wow, Hallie said that that thing. No. Mm. Oh, she was in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. There you go. I've seen that one. Yes. Her quote from that movie is in the beginning. No, that's a lie. Is at the end of one of Halsey's songs off of her latest album. Fun fact. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, that's topical, because anyway. Halsey was just doing something on Twitter, wasn't she? She's always doing something on Twitter. What was she doing now? She was, like, 
fighting with somebody. I don't know. I didn't. I, I saw He's fighting with someone. I saw Halsey was trending. I thought that I'd make a reference to it, and you would know what I was talking <laughs> about. But you didn't. Well, she was so. announced that she is in the next Sing movie. She's going to be one of the voices. I'm excited. I love Halsey, and also I thought the Sing movie was really fun. So I'm down for a number two. Yeah. So, Titanic. 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 That's gonna be that's gonna be in two weeks, so. Woo. Yeah, three hours. Oh, of, happy New Year! Yeah. Three hours in the new year. It's, it's gonna be great. Year. This is a great way to bring in the new year. Yeah, three hours of boat movie. <laughs> yeah, three hours of boat movie. It's perfect. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So, until next time. Goodbye, Howie. Goodbye, David. Goodbye, Kristen. Farewell, David. And goodbye, listeners. Thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. And we will uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah! See y'all in 2021. <laughs>